So Philip, thank you so much for coming on to Startup Steroid today. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know you have a ton of life lessons that we're going to dig into, we're going to learn from. Um, and just by way of uh, introduction, I know I love your moniker. You call yourself the broke uh, angel. Uh, I think uh, that's a really sort of catchy uh, uh, moniker and uh, name that people, I think, can really relate to. Um, so I, uh, I'm hoping uh, to learn how you sort of got that moniker and how uh, you're, um, you know, you, you advise uh, uh, founders. And also you're, uh, you have a podcast called The Sevy Founder based on your background. And that uh, podcast will sort of talk about some of the stories and lessons that you've uh, shared on that podcast as well. Uh, but before we get into any of the specific questions I have, I want to give you two minutes to introduce yourself and tell us about your background. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, thank you. Great to be here, Devon. Uh, yes, uh, Philip Topham, the savvy founder, of uh, armchair sociologist, and broke angel, and a few other things. I describe myself as a serial specialist, meaning I've had lots of different careers out throughout my life. Um, everything from starting careers, uh, biological sciences, pre-med, and network engineer, uh, but then leading into joining corporate America with uh, uh, a large corporation and starting as a network engineer and leaving as divisional CIO in, in charge of uh, $5 million of, of operating budget and make way more for computer capital. If it had a, if it had an electron, I was in charge of it. Um, and then uh, getting recruited. And so that was in the, you know, manufacturing vitamin supplement industry uh, and then getting recruited to the healthcare industry uh, with a company that got 20 million VC funding to become the next big uh, dot com. And they even had the proverbial uh, building at the side of the freeway with a big sign. And, and I could tell you what happens when doctors get $20 million. And it was a very wild ride. Um, moved computer rooms, moved offices, expanded people, shut down divisions and went back, all, all sorts of crazy things. Uh, so that's healthcare claims processing. I can tell you so much about that industry too. It's, it's not like manufacturing. Uh, then got into sort of the boutique uh, pharmaceutical market research companies where they had some technology they wanted to build out. And so I stepped into more of a managing director CTO role where I took some technology, built it from zero to about 2 million in sales, sold 5 million of big pharma companies, you know, very profitable business. But despite all that, uh, did not have an exit, or I used to say I had no exit, but last year uh, or this year they they sold for twenty six million, and through some fluke of the cap table, I still had some equity, and I walked away with the thirty two thirty two thousand. So, uh, very interesting process. Um, I also uh, started my other startup where it was uh, food industry and food labels and food regulations. A software service got that all the way to MVP, and then had a founder issue where the looked over my shoulder, and the founder, with all the industry expertise, decided that uh, they didn't want to be in that business, and that got that business got shut down. Uh, okay. Now I'm out. Now I'm at the uh, UCI ecosystem, and I provide advisory services uh, both through my private practice as the savvy founder, and then through the SBDC and all the other volunteer activities that I do. So. Uh, corporate to startup and all over the place. Wow. So I, I, I love that background and so many interesting uh, experiences you had. Um, tell us a little bit more about the, the claims processing uh, uh, company. Uh, sounds like a really interesting uh, business. And uh, 
tell me about the initial vision you had, you know, the company was going after and how you sort of progressed through that uh, company. Uh, for which business? For the, for the pharmaceutical market research company? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- there was a, a consulting company that had, had gotten a project uh, where they needed to find what were called um, experts. And they had met somebody in the research department that said, hey, there's some technology you might be able to use. And they knew zip about it. So um, it was one of those where conversations led to more conversations. And I joined that organization to, to turn you know, what would be a, a labor business and, and teach them how to build and build for them um, a technology business. And uh, it was literally taking tons of data, early stages of machine learning and AI, text mining, um, and trying to build a model that would prove what we need to do. And, and you know, I'm so jealous of the tools that are available today. Uh, at that point, we, you know, had to bring in, you know, spend a year uh, collecting data and cleaning data and building the model. Uh, spent a year with customers validating the model was really, really true and valuable. And then the next year, you know, blowing it out and, and selling it to lots of other people. Uh, very successful, as, as I said. Uh, and that technology and that approach is still used to this day. And uh, pretty proud of that. I ended up with some patents and peer review publications in social network analytics and the mathematics behind it. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And the other experience uh, that you highlighted, you know, a company... Uh, that you were sort of part of to help develop the product, but uh, you uh, the company exited for twenty six million, but you got a very very small check out of that. Uh, can you share the story? I don't want to push it. If yeah, you- yeah, I, I can I can share that. Yeah, that that same business. I I can only share that. Um, yes, they they eventually the technology that I built um, and the company that I built got exited for you know, seven figures, and I, I had a very tiny exit, you know, a, a low five-figure exit, uh, because I was still part of a cap table somewhere, someplace. Uh, but they, they uh, the company um, had some issues in the way they were structured. Um, I'm not really, you know, able to say fully, uh, you know, in a public format what, right. what those issues were. But uh, it's, it, it set them back and I exited the business at that time. But yeah, the technology I built can p- continue to live on. They were able to, uh, you know, rise out of the ashes and, and continue forward. That's amazing. And see, these are the types of experiences that, you know, founders have no idea and have no experience, you know, with, and, you know, the knowledge that you can bring to, uh, to a, a startup. Um, so having said that, let's talk about UCI and what you've been doing more recently. Uh, what are the, what, what's that first, uh, for people who are not familiar with the UCI ecosystem and the code, um, tell us about the ecosystem and uh, what it entails. And then we can talk about your role within that ecosystem. Yeah, you, Orange County has always lacked for uh a center, you know, there's, it's, it's euphemistically called 38 cities in search of a downtown. <laughs> uh, UCI decided to create a innovation center uh, and Richard Sudik was the first director, innovation, director of Innov- chief innovation officer, I think his title was. And they, per- they had a, what was called um, the, the Cove. 
and it was literally a, a, a office buildings in the research park of UCI for entrepreneurship. So half the half of the staff was the old technology transfer process, but reimagined to help students, faculty create businesses or use that technology transfer as well as then for private um, people associated with UCI, UCI alumni, um, even the, pri- the public at the, when it first launched. Um, it's now a huge facility. It got it moved into its own big facility with, with events and event planning. Um, lots of uh, co-locating, co-working opportunities, uh, advanced biotech. They even now have their own uh, investor fund, the co-fund. Um, I think they're on co-fund three, I think is just starting. Um, yeah. Uh, it, and it's, it's now though they're, they're focused really just on the UCI, uh, the, the UC, the entire university of California affiliates. Um, unfortunately it's no longer available to, um, non, non-UC system people, but that's easy to get around. So anybody wants to get, get into that system, just take an extended, you know, um, a continuing education course and get a student ID. And now you're in the, now you can apply to the, to the accelerator that they have. Yeah. Yeah. And I know they're doing some phenomenal work. I've attended many of their events and uh, really enjoy what they do there. Um, So now let's, Go talk about your role in that ecosystem, how you sort of advise the founders and the startups. Yeah, so uh, I got involved, I've been involved in it uh, many times, even from when I was doing the, you know, the, the pharmaceutical market research, I was attending events there. Uh, but if, uh, I decided to build a, a business that was a food labels, the food label regulations, and I was attending the an organization called One Million Cups and learning about what was going on. And as I'm sitting in the audience and hearing the questions people ask, I'm going, I know the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I found myself um, volunteering more in that organization. And eventually for a few years, I was uh, one of the MCs for the One Million Cups. And that was a, a, a group where new founders uh, could, could present their ideas to a mastermind we started with about 40 people in the Wednesday, every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. and built the organization up to 90. And then, of course, when pretty much when COVID hit, I, I exited. I wasn't really um, able to do the, the, the timing that they were doing uh, part of that. And then I got asked to help out with the, the Small Business Development Center, which is uh, your government funds to provide no-cost consulting to startups. Um, I'm part of that organization as well. And then, uh, and then lastly, um, I have a private practice that does, does the more active coaching and consulting for, for companies as well. Fantastic. Um, so how does, uh, the government supported, uh, consulting work? Because that, that is a new area to me. Um, uh, how, you know, how do, uh, startups apply to it? Um, what kind of screening process do they have to go through? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, let's see what I can say. The, the, the historically, uh, the Orange County Inland Empire has had uh, three, uh, three locations dedicated to tech startups. Uh, UCI is now 
just in the process of piloting a, uh, call it a pre, pre-accelerator program. So a, an accelerator program without funding, we're just providing advice. So those companies that may have um, applied to accelerators and got rejected and didn't understand why, um, they're, but they're just in revenues or just have traction, they can apply for the accelerator and, and get no-cost government uh, advice uh, from people like myself that we're, we're all experienced uh, either investors or entrepreneurs uh, providing pitch deck advice, go-to-market advice. Um, that's, there's no cost, uh, but there's always, there's, uh, there's limitations to what you, you know, the government doesn't give unlimited to people. Like, you know, it, it gets rationed because it's your public right. dollars. Right. But it's a great program for people that just are stuck. Right. No, absolutely. Is there a website? Uh, you can provide the link and I'll be happy to link it in the Yeah, I can provide store. the link later for you. Um, I don't recall it off the top of my head because they just changed it. No, that, so absolutely. For listeners, uh, it'll be in the description. So look down there and uh, we'll get you the resources. Um, now let's talk about your personal uh, practice and how you sort of like to help uh, founders and startups. Uh, what do you generally look for in the companies that you work with? Very good question. So the the so I have a philosophy. Um, I call it the fast framework. Silicon Valley really focuses on the tools and techniques, the lean business canvas, the customer discovery, and there's a gazillion YouTube videos about that kind of stuff. But the thing that they really don't talk about is the lonely journey that the founder goes through. Um, you have this brilliant idea, but you can't really voice the idea that, hey, I'm not, I have doubts. I have this imposter syndrome. Should I be talking to the people? They're smarter than me. And those are really important things. So I look for founders that have the, the, the technical capabilities to, you know, maybe technical skills, but they're missing some of those soft skills and missing that, that, validation of the, the fortitude. And so the, the FAST model starts with having, having founders learn to have the focus and fortitude to accelerate their, their social soft skills and build their social network so they can implement the tools and tactics. And so I focus on the other two. What I, those are the two pieces I call the hidden dimensions of the Lean Business Canvas. The, the canvas is the mechanic part, but how do you deal with a with a staff person who's crying because they have an issue, right? That's total management, people management issue, and that, that happens as founder issues, right? And you don't you're you're thinking you're worried about how do I go to the, the 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 investor presentation and I've got somebody in my office crying because something didn't work, you know? Those are those are where they need help. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. Um, so, are you? Uh, when we're talking about this framework, uh, is it specific industries that you uh, like to apply it to? Is it, uh, you know, more tech businesses versus, you know, any other uh, industry type? So the very good question. So we're, we're in the 21st century and every, every company now has to be a tech company somehow. So, <laughs> right. so those companies that are really trying to leverage technology in a way, in a business model way that they've not done before, I consider a tech company. 
Um, So I do include those traditional companies that are embracing the new technologies to create a new business model. There are also companies that I uh, uh, help with their businesses. But I also help the ones that are starting with a blank uh, piece of paper and doing that true high-tech, high-growth, scalable businesses. And and that I I have a passion to help more of the technical founders because they tend to... You know, I'm a technical guy and I'm very comfortable talking to people. I'm not an introvert anymore. There was a point in time where I'd be afraid to speak on stage. I have none of that problem anymore. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, the problem with the <clears throat> introvert founders, especially in technology, right? We see this quite a bit. Um, they need to learn all of these softer skills, working with people, working with employees, working with customers. All of those skills are brand new to them. Uh, so uh, th- this is a that that's a really interesting aspect of the journey that a lot of founders don't necessarily focus on. Um, yeah, I, I'll give you a t- I'll give your audience a tip. So anybody that's a technical founder, listen to this. I give you permission to use your big smart brain to think about people and and you yes you're laughing a little bit but technical founders sit in front of the computer coding or building you know a 3d model or 3d engineering or they're physicists or something like that and they have all the capacity to understand stuff nobody has just told them you've not spending any time thinking about people. And as soon as they do, they suddenly realize there's a huge world of opportunity for them to engage and build things in a different way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that also gets you out of your little bubble that you're in, right? When you're in front of a screen just coding, you tend to develop this uh, bubble around you, which you know no one can really get through and no one can really give you uh, advice or guidance on what to build next and what problems to fix first. Um, so that's really important advice. Thank you so much for <laughs> giving the audience that permission. Um, having said that, you know there there are a lot of other sides of the business. So um, you uh, you mentioned the two Fs. Uh, are, is there more? Uh, are there other aspects that uh, you like to focus on? Yeah. The, so the, the soft skills, there's a, in that category, as an armchair sociologist, I studied, I studied networks and social influence and social relationships and sales and all sorts of stuff. And the free thing every founder can do here. So here's another tip. The free thing every founder can do is learn to build their network. Learn by building your network, you're built, you're, you're not networking, you're net worthing. You're, you're increasing your, your worth of your business by the people that you speak to. And if you do that with a good strategy, then it can be extremely effective. And it's free. It just takes a little bit of time. You don't need a lot of money to do it. You don't need a, a massive website to do those kinds of things. Absolutely. That's a great tip. Um, and another reason why people should get out of that bubble and you know meet other people. I, I think that's a great saying, you know, networking equals net worth thing. Uh, we should make t-shirts out of that. <laughs> sure, sure. That's, that's, that's the right. Royalties here. <laughs> in fact, that should, I should be, I'm going to be going on Etsy right now and in, in, in finding a printing manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so this is fantastic. So, um, 
I, I'm going to ask you the same final question in a second, but I want to open it up to you. You have tons of experiences, tons of advice to share with the founders. Any, any sort of thing that uh, you'd advise the founders out there to do uh, besides the stuff we've already spoken about? Because uh, I want to give you sort of an open forum for a minute. Uh, yes. My, my basic advice, and there's a reason why on my savvy founder, there's a path on the my logo. Mm -hmm. And that is because every founder is on their own journey. If you suddenly decide to compare your own journey to somebody else's, you've lost. Because you'll get jealous, you'll, all the other human foibles will come into play and you'll suddenly start questioning yourself. Your journey is your own journey and your experiences are invaluable and never are priceless. Nobody else can have them. So don't judge yourself by somebody else's journey. So when you're sitting next to that, that uh, traffic light and you're driving the you know, 2010 or 2006 beat up, you know, pick on Nissan Altima because I drew, drove that for many years uh, and, and a Lamborghini pulls up next to you. You, you shouldn't beat yourself up just because the person next to you has an Lamborghini. It has no bearing on your own personal success. You know, just pick yourself up, focus on the future, and go forward. That's fantastic. Great advice. Great advice for founders. Um, so here's the last question that I ask every investor that comes on, um, and that is, um, what is the one action step that you would recommend to founders out there? Um, now, this is one thing that they have to do, you know, before they get in touch with you, before they give you that first call or send you that first email. Um, what is one thing that you look for without which uh, you're not, you know, you're not moving ahead with the company? They absolutely have to have clarity on the problem they're solving and the direction they're going. That's if they cannot if they cannot articulate the problem and the direction they're going then there's nothing i can ever do to help them mm. so let's talk about that a little bit more because that, that this is such a basic thing right that it should be a no brainer it should be second nature to most founders out there but when you say direction that they're going in Tell me a little bit more about what you'd like to see in that. Yeah, so and I'm going to use an analogy. Um, we always talk about trying to figure out uh, right from wrong, good from bad, black from white. You know, those are two ends of the ruler. If I'm standing on a ruler and I say, I'm going to the white end of the ruler, then I know exactly the direction I'm going. I don't know where I, I know maybe I'm, I'm too much in the gray and I need to be more white, but at least I know the direction I'm going. But if you're standing on the ruler and you don't know whether you're going to the white end or the black end, then that's a really bad situation, mm. right? So, so for me, that's why, again, that path, that journey, if you know the direction you're going and what's important to you and what's important to the business that, that you're building, then you have clarity and everything else is sort of mechanical. But if you don't have that clarity of what you're trying to, which direction you're going, then there's not much I can do. It, you know, uh, you, you have to have the ability to, to move forward 
um, even when it looks like you know you're you're being pushed backwards because you're you got to always stare at the you know the white you know the light at the end of the tunnel um, and know you're walking into the light and not back to the dark end of the, the the ruler. So that's an analogy I use, and it's it's sort of a little Zen philosophical, but it's very um, it's a key thing that I look for in founders. And if they don't if they fight over it with the co-founders, that's a that's a huge red flag. Yep. No, absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying. And that sort of having that end result in mind, I think is a, is a fantastic thing. You know, that, that you, you said, you know, the white end of the ruler, that, that end point in mind, I think is very important for a founder or a founding team or even a management team in a business. To, yeah. To have. And, and it's, 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 I say it very glibly, but it's a hard thing to do because it includes mm-hmm. It includes knowing yourself. It includes knowing your values, your ethics, your purpose, a lot of things. And that's something I don't see Silicon Valley talk about at all. Um, yeah. You know, they talk about what's my return on investment. And, and you know, it, it really should be what's my return on effort. And because the founders are given their all. And if they're given their all, then we should be given their all, our, our all too, to help them. Yep, absolutely. And, and uh, I think this is such an important point. Um, one thing that I, I you know, I want to get your perspective on um, is that end goal. I've heard some founders say that it's to make money. And uh, that always sort of, you know, that's a cringeworthy moment for me in a conversation. But what do you think of, you know, money as being the end goal or something that they're chasing after? Yeah. So, so people can articulate their goal as money, but if they misunderstand that money is just the scorekeep and it has, it doesn't mean anything to, you know, your, your ethics, your values and what you're going for, then, then I, then it is cringeworthy because somebody could compromise their ethics to chase a dollar and cause, you know, uh, you know, legal action or criminal action in a company because they, you know, they, they lie. Like look at Theranos. Right, yep. no, what they're chasing money clearly and built a lot of people out of a, a billions. Uh, that's just wrong, and so no, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's money. You know, saying I'm going to build or exit when I get to this point—that's sound financial planning, but it has nothing to do with what what success looks like. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Philip, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciated your time and the fantastic advice that you gave to our founders and all of all of the listeners out there. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, let's continue the conversation and uh, hopefully we can work together in the future. Certainly. And if, if they want to get involved, uh, connected with me, uh, they can have a discovery call. They can go to uh, Philip Topham dot you can book dot me and I'll give you that so you can have that in the show notes yep. as well and we can do a we'll, discovery call. Absolutely. We'll put that link in the description uh, as well as the link for the Savvy Founder and the podcast uh, in the description as well. So this way that people can connect with you directly and uh, listen to all of the fantastic 21 episodes that you have so far. And number 22, we're looking forward to that coming out soon, right? Yes, absolutely. Tuesday, (laughs) 9am Pacific time, 6am Eastern time. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So we'll look for that uh, coming out soon. Thank you so much, Philip. You're welcome. Take care. Cheers.